Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Your Heart in the Paint NBA podcast, the only NBA podcast where we ask the hard questions about the NBA in this coronavirus quarantine season. I'm your host, Matt, and again, joined by Michael in our social distancing corners of the world. We got a special podcast today talking about some of the game recaps from this week. Uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but games have been going on, and uh, I don't know why ESPN and TNT aren't covering them, but you can check them out on your uh, League Pass streams, as well as uh, NBA4free.com. So that's our sponsor for this episode of Hard in the Paint Podcast. You can catch every single NBA game live with the local streams, ad-free, commercial-free, Charles Barkley-free at nbafree.com. And with that, let's hop right into the meat of the puzzle today. And that meat, of course, is the Bucks versus the Rockets. Now, this was probably one of the hypest games, uh, at least leading up to it. You know, we had, over the past couple months, we've had a little bit of a, you know, some social media trash talk between Giannis and Harden about, you know, Harden's like, oh, well, if I was seven feet, I wouldn't need skill either. And then Harden, and then Giannis was like, you know, it was back and forth, back and forth on, I think it was Twitter and Instagram. So uh, pretty worthwhile to watch just for the meat of it, let alone the sort of uh, MVP battle of last year, maybe the year before. Uh, so so walk me through this, Michael. What, what went down here? This was uh, one of those like national games, right? So sometimes when you have the, I guess, title contenders like you know like an la la team or you know like a philly boston or something right they tend to make those like the national nighttime games and this was like one of those games so it was actually kind of hype that it like i guess lived up to expectations i mean bucks win in fucking overtime (laughs) like (laughs) what a great game oh absolutely it was one that you definitely didn't want to miss uh you know it i think if anything this game really cements you know, there's all this conversation of LeBron maybe being in the MVP vote, but there's absolutely no way. I mean, Giannis just looked dominant on both sides of the court, whether it was, you know, doing his layups because he's the tallest guy on the... He's taller than everybody on the Rockets team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> that was like the thing. It was like, I don't know, first true test for that, like, small ball Rockets thing. Yeah, so they just absolutely couldn't match up with that. And then conversely, though, I mean, you've got the the Rockets that are basically making everybody play one-on-one with all of the uh, shooters on the floor. So that's just open it up for Westbrook to do his own kind of thing. And uh, it's kind of crazy to think that there's three MVPs in this game. Like, essentially. I don't know if you can count. Yeah, yeah. I mean, usually, we, I mean, that's what I'm saying, like, it's one of those like title contender type games where you just have a lot of star power and you have, you know you have a lot of like you know we can we obviously see the way that like the bucks win the title right they basically roll through the east and then probably outside of the clippers they're probably the favorites against anybody in the west and then for houston it's kind of like you got to get a semi good break in the bracket you know avoid like the two la teams till hopefully like the third round and then you just kind of get lucky and you kind of swim it through and you get to the title. And then, you know, you just shoot shoot some threes until eventually you make it, right? But, I mean, honestly, the craziest part of this game was the fact that Westbrook outscored Harden. 
Yeah. I mean... Wait, you I, saw that coming. <laughs> Westbrook's been kind of on that tear recently. You know, ever since they finally decided to pull the trigger. And he's been... I mean, if you just look at the raw numbers, it's just been, like, exponential growth. I mean, it's just been, like, you know, rekindling yeah, this, those, like, that first OKC like year. Best, yeah, this is, like, the best that he's looked since, like, 2013 or 15 or whatever. Like, there was that year that they didn't have KD. Like, KD, like, broke his foot. I think it was 14. Yeah, I mean, that's basically, like, what we're seeing, which is, like, kind of insane to think about like half decade of like we haven't seen this kind of like russell westbrook in like five years um i don't know harden it was like he wasn't like off i mean he still had a 26 6 and 6 which is like basically like slightly less than lebron's career average <laughs> so it's not to say that he had like a bad game he just he kind of had one of those like walk through the park type of games and Obviously, in overtime, like they just couldn't find a single basket and ended up just being Brooke Lopez and Giannis on the stretch. Yeah. You know, when you think about the Rockets now, we've been saying it's Harden's team for the past five years, right? But with the way it's constructed, I mean, and the sets they run that actually seem to get them anywhere, it's like Westbrook's team, right? I mean, can we start saying that after this game? It's like Westbrook's really the spearhead of this team. Well, who really did the power move to get Capella out? Was this a Westbrook move or a Harden move? That might be the... Yeah, I mean, jeez, Louise. What hell? What'd you make about... what did you think about um uh, 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 Covington? Like, because he's basically playing the de facto five and having to guard Giannis for pretty much large stretches of the game because they kept putting P.J. Tucker on uh, Brook Lopez. <laughs> so then they would force, like, Rocco onto, onto Giannis. Yeah, I mean, I think me and you have been really high on Covington, like, ever since the first good Philly year, where it's like, Covington and Sarge are actually good players. Like, what team wouldn't want Covington? Seriously. <laughs> he's like, he's he's like the ultimate glue guy. Like, shoots threes, plays Ds, can get rebounds, isn't someone that, like, fucks up routinely, but can't really make anything for himself on the offensive end. It's like, I mean, this is the like the classic Daryl Morey like midseason pickup, right? I mean, it just seems to fit perfectly. He's he's like like finished product of you know like Tony Allen and like Robertson and stuff. They, those would be like great defenders, and they could kind of do their thing in the corners, but you know nobody really took them like seriously offensively. And it's like, not to say that anybody would take like Robert Covington like super seriously on a team that features Westbrook and Harden, but you have to at least close out on him, which is like something that you don't have to do with like Marcus Smart or Robertson and those kind of guys. He's like, it's like, he just gives you just enough, you know, not, not like a, you know, kind of like um, it was a couple of years ago where they had like Trevor Ariza. Exactly. Yep. And it was like, cool. That's your three and D guy. And he's just going to be, like, solid every single round of the playoffs. And that's basically what you need is you just need, like, an anchor. Um, you just need, like, some other guy besides Westbrook and Harden. And, uh, you know, obviously whenever Eric Gordon comes back. Um... I mean, somebody has to grab rebounds on that team. Like, not that you want to crash the boards all the time, but, like, of all the people that just jump in the air randomly and get a board, he's pretty good at it for not being a center. Yeah, and I think you just need somebody that can 
you know, if you're going to play LeBron or Kawhi or PG, you need a defender to throw that guy. Or, you know, even if it's like a, like a Mavs team, right? And it's like Luka's just blowing past Harden. It's like you just needed some guy to, like, defend for five solid minutes to kind of catch your breath. Because obviously this Houston team is, is like, they're going to get pounded defensively. I mean, ultimately, right? It's Their game plan is, is simply to out, you know, very much like outscore the other team. Um, whereas you think of like the Lakers and the Clippers and the Bucks and, um, you know, Philly, like all those teams could play like, you know, a really solid quarter of defense to save a game. And I don't know if Houston can necessarily do that. Yeah, that's a really good point. When you think about Houston, I mean, the past couple of years, I mean, I think the the most obvious one is the the time they almost beat the Warriors two years ago. I played some pretty solid defense to close that out, but I mean, they had guys like Chris Paul, Trevor Ariza. They still had like a normal center. Not that he was on the floor a whole lot, but it, they still had like good one-on-one defenders. And now you've got Westbrook, who kind of tends to gamble. Harden, who's like at the passable level of defender, not like he used to be where he was paper thin. Um, and, you know, just to have one guy that's at least like, okay, if I can get LeBron to like miss two layups this quarter, that's a net win for us because over the course of a hundred three pointers, Willie will uh, overcome that. So yeah, plus both of these teams are like you know very much like volume three point shooting teams. I mean, everybody knows Houston is, but like the Bucks are also basically kind of following the Houston model, except for they have a seven foot guy that's doing all the layups as opposed to like a six foot five guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But what we, I mean, did you learn anything about the Bucks? I mean, I mean, the seventy wins still alive, so that's pretty like sick, you know. Nine losses, so like they got a little wiggle room here to like work with. But yeah, I mean, this is a game that should give you a pretty good uh, thermometer on like where where's our postseason success going to come from? You know, I mean, this is like you know, you could maybe extrapolate like how the Rockets played the Bucks to like how they might play the Lakers, you know, kind of a similar team concept idea or maybe how they would play the Mavs, you know? So that's, that's pretty good to hear. I mean, they still lost, but it was at least like neck and neck pretty much all the way there. So if you're the Rockets, you got to feel like, all right, we've got the uh, Max Kellerman's puncher's chance at beating one of these top LA teams. If it ever happens, and if you're the Bucks, you're like, I mean, we just beat two MVPs. There's no way Giannis doesn't win it. Maybe we power through the, for the 70. Maybe we don't. Who knows? But it seems like where this is our time. Like, yeah, I mean, it's a kind of a confidence boost for both, even though the win was only for one team. Do you have more stock in Milwaukee getting to the finals this year than last year? Mm, I think so. I think that's mostly due to the East getting worse. So you think like the teams that gave them problems last year, you had the Celtics, uh, I think that was two years ago, actually. And at the time they had, you know, Al Horford, they had a couple more big men. I mean, Jalen Brown and Tatum weren't quite there yet, but I mean, the big problem with Giannis is they would wall him off with the big guys. 
and Celtics don't have that quite as much this year because the Sixers stole Horford. The Sixers, I mean, they have the size, but do they really have the uh, the the game strategy to beat them? I'm not sure. How do they close out a game versus them? I'm not quite sure. And then the Raptors, I mean, they don't have Kawhi anymore, so I wouldn't be too worried. Uh, I mean, you ain't seeing like a game seven game winner four bounce on the rim kind of thing. So I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, the team Giannis, I feel like has gotten a lot better at. Um, it seems like like the past couple times he would kind of just really try and force it too much, and now it seems like he doesn't have to as much, or maybe he's just positioning himself better to like not kind of get stuck with it sometimes, like when he drives and the wall shows up. So I'm pretty confident in him, let alone, I mean, their kind of overall roster is a little, you could say, okay, no more Malcolm Brogdon, but he's out anyways. Uh, so maybe their roster being retooled this way, getting one more year to gel. I mean, Pat Connaughton being in the dunk contest, that's a huge boost for that postseason run. So, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. If I had to pick a team in the East, it, it would probably be them nine times out of ten, so... Yeah, I don't think this game, like, deterred me off, you know, despite how close it was, like, up until overtime, like, you know, where basically the three game was kind of getting to Milwaukee for the most of this game until obviously the shots stopped going in overtime. Um, But for a seven-game series, I mean, I think that that's going to happen to maybe, like, once or twice. I I can't imagine a team, like, having this kind of volume shooting like Houston... With like as well as shooting as well as like Houston was shooting it tonight, replicating that over a course of four games to knock off Milwaukee and and like you know having it so that way Milwaukee's not having like a like a dope night themselves from three, where it's like Brook Lopez goes like I don't know like five or seven from three or something. Yeah, I mean let alone that's just like Houston's game plan in a nutshell. It's like all right, we're just going to jack them up and however they fall, they fall. We'll win some, we'll lose some, you know. Whatever the case may be, I'm a little worried because we know, like Bledsoe and Middleton and a couple of those guys, kind of seem to disappear in the playoffs. So that's my really my only pause with that team. But we'll see. Uh, speaking of playoffs, I did run a 2K simulation for the rest of the season and the playoffs just to see where the cards would fall if we started. Not starting today, but I guess if we kept things going. So I really started this sim like at the beginning of March just to make it a full because you can't start in the middle of a month. So, And what we ended up with bracket-wise was... I'll start with the West because that's a little uh, more interesting. The 1-8 matchup being the Lakers and the Trailblazers... And the 4-5 being uh, Denver and Dallas. 3-6 being OKC and Utah. And then 2-7 being Clippers and Houston. Dude, that's like as perfect as you can get in terms of like balance between the ratings part of it. Where it's, um, you know, the Clippers and, and the Rockets. And then you got kind of the the actual NBA fan games that people care about, like Oklahoma City, Utah, which is, like, going to be, like, a low ratings game, but it's, like, an excellent, like, 
if you actually care about the NBA, that's like a match if you want to see. Is like SGA versus like Donovan Mitchell. Well, let and alone they, the history then, like, from the past couple yeah. of years. And then we got the Denver Dallas game. I mean, that's just a shit ton of Euros. Yeah. Like Jokic, Porzingis, and Luca. <laughs> that's a dope like matchup. Can you imagine Jokic versus KP? And we get some some all star like we get some you know we get the Dame Anthony Davis like rematch with Rondo in there too. Uh, let alone like that's just a star power game as well. I mean, you got Melo versus LeBron finally. That's kind of a big oh, deal. Shit. I didn't think about that. That's yeah. Oh my god. So we get playoff you know, Melo. Although fucking Portland, dude, they always get they either get like what they did last year, where it's like they get a relatively easy bracket, so then they make the conference finals, or they get like the Warriors in the first round, or they get like Anthony Davis having like basically the career part of his like mm-hmm. playoff career. <laughs> like, yeah. So uh, now the East sets up pretty pretty obviously. Uh, Milwaukee versus Brooklyn, first round. Uh, Indiana, Miami is four five. Toronto, Philly three six, and then Boston Magic two seven. So that's basically kind of how we had it drawn up, anyways. Yeah, I mean, I guess the one that jumps out, I guess, is going to be the Philly Boston one, just because you actually get the feeling that Philly could, I guess, quote unquote, upset that series. I mean, they really all feel like upsettable, except for Milwaukee. Uh, Brooklyn. You think the Magic could upset Toronto? No, absolutely not. Okay. They maybe get a game off, like the first game. Miami, India, I don't even think it's really like... I think that's just your classic. It goes to seven games. Whoever has home court gets a slight edge going into that game. Oh, yeah, but Miami's way better than Indiana. But on the road? I mean, that's the thing. It's... uh, I don't know. The thing is, like... If you're Miami, who you're gonna cl- you're gonna close out with Jimmy Butler at the end of that game, right? And if Jimmy isn't feeling it, I mean, here's the here's the real question with that series is is you know Brogdon's out, uh, Oladipo has looked like a ghost of his him past self. They're basically only in there because they started out really hot in, at the beginning of the season. So and Sabonis, yeah, and Sabonis was an all star, right? So. It seems like it's going to be like, uh, you know, five games, maybe. But when was the last time Jimmy Butler had a good playoff run? Twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen, maybe. Like it's been a while since he's actually really kind of you know done it and and i mean with this miami team it's you know he is the the star guy right i mean you got a bunch you got a couple of rookies and then you got iggy on the other you know the kind of the opposite side of the the career trajectory but like this team is basically kind of live or die by him it's like you know if indiana basically buys in a team defense Enforces like all the other guys to try to beat them. Eh, I'm just not seeing it. I just have like the whole Oladipo being kind of not there yet is just 
If he was 100%, I would say Indiana all the way. Because that's what I was saying at the beginning of the season. Like in our preseason prediction. But him being like on one Gordon leg. Hayward-y. Yeah, basically like Gordon Haywarding 2.0. Not too interested. That's a good point. So anyways, uh, we fast forward. Because I didn't keep track of who won everything. But basically the, the finals matchup becomes... Uh, I believe it was the Lakers versus the Clippers. And the Clippers won to play Miami. Or, I mean, not Miami. Milwaukee, sorry. Uh, so it ended up being Milwaukee versus the Clippers. And the Bucks won 4-2. to two. That's... That, seemed, that doesn't seem... I mean, six games for that Clippers team, I don't think they go down as six in real life. That's what I'm thinking. Like, it definitely seems like that would be seven games. And honestly, I would think the Clippers would have the edge, despite being the, the you know, the road team in the first two games. I mean, they have the reigning finals MVP. Then you got Paul George. He's probably, like, your best two-way wing outside of Kawhi. <laughs> That's not named Kevin Durant. <laughs> I mean, okay, so, but think about it from Milwaukee's perspective. You have a center that is probably six inches taller than Montrez Harrell. So you got that going for you. You do have home court. You have, uh, I don't, I I think the benches are both pretty solid. I guess the question is, can Chris Middleton give you 85% 85% of what Paul George is going to do, right? Like, if Giannis basically plays Kawhi to a standstill, and let's say the Bucks bench is just slightly better than the Clippers bench outside of, like, Lou Williams, right? Just because of, like, the three-point shooting from everywhere and, and stuff like that, then you're asking Chris Middleton to basically you know, not play Paul George even, but, like, if you can get, like, 85% of that kind of Paul George, what Paul George brings to the table with Chris Middleton. Yeah. yeah, But it's like, I mean, is that going to happen? Is Chris Middleton basically going to be like Rip Hamilton 2.0? Yikes. That that seems like a tall order for him. Like, I get he was an all-star, but... I mean, obviously, if he does it, then they, they, I mean, right, 4-2. I mean, that six games, they would win the title. I mean, if... But I just can't imagine a guy like who, you know, we haven't really seen him in any other type of playoff series have that kind of game over the last couple of years, right? Like, um, usually, like, if we see, like, a series where, like, the second guy kind of does it, we've seen it before, right? So, like, uh, like last year with Toronto, right? It's like we've seen Kyle Lowry play well before. Not all the time, obviously, because he usually cracks towards the end of the series, but, like, we knew he was capable of like what he did in game six of like last year's finals. I don't know if Chris Middleton could do the same thing, right? Where it's like he comes out and he just scores the first 12 points of the game and like the game's over after four minutes. Hmm. I think my other worry, my worry for Milwaukee would be, I mean, Kawhi has played against Giannis last year, you know, on Toronto. Defended him pretty well, I would say. Uh, so I mean, he's got the 
the formula, personal formula figured out already. Um, and you can double it up. This is basically a PG that can basically do a lot of the same things that Kawhi is doing defensively. Yeah, exactly. I'd be really worried about any sort of switch with like Kawhi on literally anybody else but Giannis. <laughs> But I mean, I guess the thing is, right? It's it's kind of like this Houston thing, right? Where it's like Clippers are a little undersized on the interior. Yeah, like great perimeter defense, but it's almost like if you can, you know, game plan how to get past that, then you're good. And that's basically what Giannis is: is like once he's in the paint, nobody's going to stop him. But it's like, how do you strategize him getting to the paint in the first place? How many? Shouting matches would Patrick Beverly and Giannis get into? <laughs> um, I don't. Even, the thing is, though, would Giannis just brush it off and do like the smile thing and kind of do like a half joking kind of laugh thing, and then Pat Beverly is just picking up technical fouls left and right? I mean, you know, he's going to pick a fight with the biggest dude on the other team. <laughs> But, like, do you really think it's going to be Giannis? Like, watch him pick a fight with, like, Brooke Lopez instead. Or, like, Ilya Sova. Yeah, but Brooke's, like, too much of a goofball to, like, get into a fight with, you know? Oh, you know what would be sick? If we got, like, a a fight between Robin Lopez and, um, like, Montrezl. Hale. Yeah, that I could see. I could see that going to happen. I, I would be down for that. Plus, Lou Williams are finally making a finals, right? I don't think he's ever made the finals before. I'd have to dig into the... No, I don't think he's ever, yeah. Like, that's kind of like your Kyle Lowry moment, but for, like, this year. Yeah, it would be. 4-2 bucks. Man, that'd be insane. 49 years since they've won the title. Let me put it this way. I think the 2K Sim... I think Giannis is currently... Uh, he might not be anymore. I think LeBron might be a number above him. But, like, Paul George in 2K is just not good. And, like, it doesn't account for, like, Bledsoe being trash in the playoffs. And I'm pretty sure, like, the build-a-wall thing doesn't really work in 2K. Like, it's just the way the game runs, like... Can you play a box in one in 2K? No, you can't. You have to, you'd have to control all the players yourself. You can't, like, set a box in one defense. The best you can do is a 1-3-1 uh, zone, man. Actually, that would really work with the Clippers. Actually, that would... That would actually work pretty well with them. Man... Could you have Milwaukee? I mean, he would win a back-to-back MVP. He'd win the title. He'd win finals MVP. And for like 50 years, finals MVP. I mean, like, damn. Like, you know, damn. he knocks off the guy who is basically the mercenary in Kawhi of like Kawhi with the three different teams and, you know, almost won a title in three different cities. Fuck. Like, that'd be insane if, like, Giannis actually, like, 70 wins, like, you throw that in there, then it's like, you basically take a dig at the Warriors, because it's like, 
they went 73 and nine, but they didn't win the title. And it's like Giannis might go like, you know, 70 and 12, tying like the 96 Bulls and like win the title. It's like, wow, he might be like, like, this might be one of the greatest teams kind of conversation that people would just like throw out there. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily true, but oh, yeah, it doesn't. It's like something people would throw out there, right? It's like 70 wins, back to back MVPs, finals MVP, won the title, beat the guy who had the title, um, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, I'm, you know, they would have all this celebration parade going on, and they'd also have, you know, the the DNC convention there as well. So that would be a nice like way to curtail the uh, finals, you know? So speaking of uh, these playoffs, I mean, Portland managed to sneak in, which currently is not where they are lying at. Yeah, dude, they got their asses handed to them by this Philly team the other night. So, so I, I would personally uh, see this coming a mile away. Like, I mean... There's just no answer for Ben Simmons on Portland at all. You know, there's no answer for Embiid without Nurkic, right? So that's like, what What do you do? I mean, maybe there's no answer for Dame on Philly's side, but... I guess. I don't know. I was, so this was like, this was the first game that Ben Simmons came back from um, with his back. And so obviously, you know, he doesn't really bring a whole lot in terms of shooting anyway. So... Expectations are very low on offense, I would say, <laughs> for what I was going into this game, right? Like, I was I was not expecting a whole lot from Ben Simmons. Um, especially because, like, a lot of what he does on, on the defensive side is a lot of movement, which is, you know, if your back is fucked, then all that defensive effort type stuff kind of gets thrown out. But um, I was, you know, Anthony Simons versus Ben Simmons. Like, this was a game that I had marked on my calendar for, like, a very long time of, like, Simmons Simons. Yeah. Um Anthony Simons, like holy fuck, that dude is like insanely good. Like he he like even when he like misses, he's got like a really nice like smoothness to his stroke. Like he does not look like a second year player at all. So not to throw in another guy here that also has a similar last name. But uh, you might remember a guy from, I think it was the 2015 Spurs, Jonathan Simmons, the guy that looked yeah, like Kawhi, Kawhi. Jr. <laughs> Turned out to be a fluke, but this Simons guy does not look like a fluke to me. I mean, he looks legit, right? I just, it's like, it's kind of crazy if you think like Dame, CJ, and Anthony Simons, if that's like their triple-headed like, you know, guard combo like that's insane because you know basically Anthony Simons is is basically the the backup like point guard shooting guard whatever you want to call it like behind Dame and CJ understandable but it's like I don't know when they handed him the offense like he was basically taking it to Philly's second unit pretty easily and you know it's kind of like watching like a you know like the way like Lou Williams can just kind of I don't know, like, he'll just always find a way of, like, getting an open shot. Whether or not it goes in or not, it's like he at least, like, gets to a point on the floor and, like, you know, nobody's really, like, pushing him, like, making him uncomfortable. That's kind of what it was with, like, Simons. I was like, you know, he's hitting, like, at the, kind of at the the foul line elbow, and then it's, like, a corner three, and then it's like, all right, like, I don't know, a little little John Waiters heat checky. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, uh, 
Simons is one of those guys that I would snag in 2K on like the budget rosters because he's like sneaky good uh, on like on offense, but of course his defense is like kind of sus still. But I mean, you're thinking yeah. about that guard trio. I mean, that's like what is that? Like 70 of your 100 points every game? Like <laughs> basically. I mean, the, I guess the real problem is is Portland just has nobody, no big, right? All their bigs are basically injured. Absolutely. Um, yep. And obviously, this is like the worst team to go against because it's a team full of dudes who are at least like 6'6 six, six <laughs> at every position. Yep. <laughs> and you have probably the best big man in the game in Embiid. And that dude just went to fucking town. And it was like by halftime, this game was over because Embiid basically made it be over. I mean, you think like all their, you know, all the big guys on Portland right now are just not not equipped with that you know level of barbecue chicken to deal with Embiid you know I mean you got yeah I mean the best that they would hope for is having Nurkic and obviously Nurkic is out the entire year so it's just a, it's just like a non-starter yeah I mean oh man how great would it have been last year if Nurkic didn't get injured in the playoffs Nurkic Jokic oh do you know what I'm saying yeah I would have been so good because I mean Portland was like dark horse last year you know, and just injury yeah, after injury. Yeah, the lost everybody over like six foot eight, <laughs> like in a matter of weeks too, because they lost like uh, Zach Collins too. I think. Yeah. Like not even like a month after. I don't know, but yeah, it's and then like they had Whiteside, and that's not working out. Oh yeah, dude. There were stretches where it was like, it was uh, was it Whiteside that like Embiid had the what do you say like a couple years ago like I'm in his head and like. I'm in his head so much. I'm buying real estate, or I own the whole block, or something like that. <laughs> is it Drummond, or is it Whiteside? There was, uh, I can't remember. But like, yeah, he's. I mean, historic. Like over his career, he has owned Whiteside. I mean, I think Whiteside owned himself over his career. Let's be honest. He had that one good like post Wade year, and that was about it. Oh yeah, and then they paid him a shit ton of money. <laughs> yeah, that's gotta go down as like one of the biggest blunders of recent. Well, that was like that contract here, you know the the where like the bump happened after the 2016. So yeah. it's like, you know the obviously the big ones are like this is how the Warriors signed KD, but it's like because of that there were just a lot of like weirdly a lot of just free money, overrated yeah just like overrated contracts really like it was like teams just had a bunch of cash and they just had to like kind of give it to a player and so you just kind of gave it to the the kind of random guys in a way, you know I guess it works out better when it's like Drew Holiday than it does Hassan Whiteside, but. Yeah, I mean, money stuff. Yeah, this basically kind of, I don't know, basically killed the Portland playoff hopes. I mean, they basically slipped now from ninth to 11th behind the, the Kings and the Pelicans. Uh, you know, there's not that many games left. I mean, we're like really in the home stretch. <laughs> I'm still so, with the Grizzlies. I think, you know, dude. Like it is sick that they are holding on, and it's gonna be even better when they like beat the Pelicans by like a game. And then we can just all say with one voice, John Morant is the Rookie of the Year, and there can be no questions about it, no matter how good Zion is. Yeah, there's gotta be a thing where they gotta put in like if you're gonna, I don't know, like win Rookie of the Year, you either have to average like thirty, fifteen, and 10 
where you have to play more than 22 games. You have to be more, you have to be rookie for more than a year. It's like when Caitlyn Jenner won woman of the year and she wasn't even a woman for a year. It's like, <laughs> come on guys, we got to have some standard. But yeah, I mean, seriously, I mean, what, I mean, if you're Portland, right? A year ago, conference finals. This year, it's like you're like basically kind of in no man's territory because you're going to be like 10th, 11th. So you're not going to make the playoffs. We're going to be that bad. They're going to get a high draft pick. Um, I don't know how much you do the whole like run it back and you just hope that like Nurkic is good and see what you can do with like maybe like a white side trade here or there. And it's like you got Carmelo. It's like how do you fix Portland, I guess? Yikes. That's such a hard one. Because they're kind of locked in with a lot of their dudes right now in terms of nobody's really up for renewal. Yeah, I mean, the the backcourt is basically set, right? So Dame and CJ are signed long-term. The white side contract kind of feels like the thing that they would want to get rid of, but it's like, who wants to take... Like, that's still a lot of money in that last year. I think it's still like... 20 something million well i mean they took Uh, it out of desperation because their big was injured right right and it's like i mean they would get nurkic back but i don't know it still feels like a like a half empty team yeah they really need to like somehow take this high draft pick i hate to see Melo get shipped somewhere but they need like a small forward that's like I don't know, like like a Siakam or something. Well, if they still had if they still had Harkless um and Aminu, I mean would you still want like a small forward or would you have just like flipped Harkless and Aminu for some other small forward anyway? Yeah, it feels like a revolving door almost. Like they just can't ever kind of find the right one. Like this year it was Ariza and Mello, right? And that's not working out really and it was you know Harkless and Aminu and it was a couple other guys previously it's just like uh, like you just need like uh, it's such a strange need because you don't really need like a shot creator (laughs) it's like yeah you just kind of need like a guy that can give you size on the wing (laughs) you like Robert Covington I guess like yeah and you need like a center like i don't know maybe flip everybody for like Aiton or somebody i don't uh, mm. what if they had like a yerkage sabonis dame cj core right the sabonis could basically be like your passing big so it's like he's, big, yeah. he's not yeah he's not necessarily taking shots he's just kind of distributing the ball around but he can, you know, facilitate offense if without Dame or CJ being the guys to handle the ball. It's funny. I kind of thought about that last year when it was that, like, just brutal grindhouse of the uh, Nuggets Trailblazers series. And you're thinking, like, man, if Portland, if it was like Portland shooters and like Jokic together, that would be a fucking combo right there. <laughs> Because it was always like, oh, Jokic is so good at passing, but his, like, team is not, like, the guards just aren't quite there like Portland's guards are. And it was the opposite, yeah. 
It's like, man, that'd be quite that'd be such a dope combo together. I guess Sabonis would be the closest you could get to that. Yeah, or Kevin Love, but I I I feel like that ship sailed. Yeah, I mean, especially after like after Mello. Yeah, I mean, you can't have Mello and Love on the floor together, right? Like that's just like no knees defense. Yeah, I feel like that would just kill kill you in the come playoff time. Man, this could be like the first time that like Portland's not in the playoffs in like a long time. Like since probably like early Lillard years. Maybe this is finally the at least like meta trend wise, like your best player being under six three is a problem. Maybe we're starting to realize that. <laughs> being short in basketball, maybe yeah. not the best thing question mark. Because now that, like, everybody switches all the time and you need, like, you know, you even think Harden, at least he's, like, 6'6", six, six, right? Like, you think Boston, you know, Kemba seems to be the weak link on that team sometimes. Uh, I'm not saying that, like, Dame or, or CJ are, like, a weak link, but maybe my insight is, like, maybe wrapping up all of your money on your least uh, versatile position is a problem. Having two guys who are that small, probably not the best thing, right? That's kind of similar to um, Utah in a lot of ways with Conley and and Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, exactly. It's like, all right, both guys are like on the shorter side. Whereas you look at like the Warriors, it's like, oh, well, Clay kind of makes up for Steph. Um, you know, Bradley Beal kind of makes up for John Wall, like, you know, they kind of have the the other guy kind of makes up for the first guy in a way. Um, I don't know, like, it's such a weird thing where it's like Portland is basically locked into that backcourt, and I don't really know what moves they make unless it's like you go out and you get like an amazing big, but. It's like what value? I mean, the only way you would get that is you would have to flip Nurkic, and I mean, you're not flipping Nurkic unless you're getting like an all-star back. It seems so weird because it feels like you're gonna have to ship an all-star to get an all-star, and then are you really upgrading at all? Because now you're just trying to make the pieces fit better, and you're playing like it's kind of the Houston problem, right? Where it's like. You 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 dump Lou Williams to get this. You dump Ariza to get this. You dump Ryan Anderson, and then you dump Capella. And it's like, are all these moves actually helping or hurting the team? Like as opposed to just running it back. Yeah, you're just muddling the mixture too much. I, I'm not sure. I mean, with Houston, it seems to have worked, but I think that's mostly due to like th- they were looking for such a different personnel. Whereas Portland, it seems like they aren't trying to like change their play style up that much for their personnel. Like they're just trying to like kind of do the same thing all the time. Like I don't, I haven't seen like a ton of crazy new sets from them or like, Oh, like Dame can post up other guards now or like something crazy like that. Like uh, it seems like they're kind of pulling at straws for what to do, which makes me think that they might take the, uh, the Raptors route, which is kind of what they feel like now. They're like the Raptors of the West. 
you know, you had DeRozan and Lowry. They made it through a couple years. They kind of got kind of far, but they were always, you know, made the Warriors, you know, they always lost to the Warriors or they always lost to whoever. It's like, cool. We're not getting anywhere. Maybe that's not our fault. Maybe we have a really good team, and I'm not saying the team's bad. I think their team's would be pretty good in like the East. It would be really great, or like in a different, you know, if not everyone else went to the West and made it ten times better, they would be pretty solid. But I mean, hey, you lose the Spurs, you gain three other teams with All Stars. It's just how it's rolling right now. Pretty much, yeah. I mean. I don't know. I think they're going to be one of the interesting teams though over the summer to see if they, you know, get on the Woj like radar, where it's like, oh, Portland, whoa, what a weird move that they made there. You know, yeah, come, like, get like July a new GM, new coach. Moves. Yeah. Start pulling in Knicks and just do dump everything, get ten power forwards, and call it a day. <laughs> I don't know if anybody would ever go full Knicks, but um, so we're at the end of March. March Madness, man. March Madness. Can you believe it that Duke is going to not win the NCAA tournament finally? No Duke, no UNC. It's great. It's a wonderful time to be a Carolina basketball fan. Dude, it's sick. I can't believe that, like, fucking Duke is going to be in the NIT. And not even just the NIT, but they're not even, like, a number one seed in the NIT. Fucking great. It's like, wow, maybe you guys have only been carried by your just stellar recruiting. Maybe, you know, coaching isn't that great. It's kind of funny that it happened like the year after Zion, too. You think that like there would have been like a Zion effect where it's like, oh, everybody wants to go play at Duke now. And it's like, you know, they probably still got like one of the best recruiting classes. And yeah, just absolutely eating shit. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a wonderful time to uh, be a basketball fan for sure, seeing all these games. Also a wonderful time to make brackets for no other reason than to have tournament challenges. And I have one for you today, Matt. All right. So the Fast and the Furious 9 is coming out uh, in early April, next couple of weeks here. Um, you know how much of a Fast and Furious fan I am. So, you know, we were originally going to power rank the movies anyway. And then uh, I took a look and I was like, oh, well, there are eight movies. Why? That's the same number of teams as would be in a, in a conference. And then I started thinking, well, what if we did a bracket challenge of Fast and Furious? But with only eight movies, it would be like three rounds. So it's like, eh, it's kind of lame. So expanded out to 16. And what I did was I included the NBA champions from the years that the Fast and Furious movie was released. So, for example, the first Fast and Furious movie came out in 2001, and the 2001 NBA champions were the LA Lakers. So I included both Fast and Furious and the 2001 Lakers into the, uh, into the, into the tournament. Uh, then for seeding, I decided to go with a randomized seeding, so I just kind of threw the eight Fast and Furious movies and eight respective NBA champions from the years that those movies came out and randomized the seeding. And somehow we ended up with the 2015 Warriors being the number one overall seed. 
And uh, unlike the NBA, we are doing one through 16 seeding. One through 16. All right, well, here's the bad news is I've seen maybe three of these Fast and Furious movies. That's fine. I, I can do a lot of the heavy lifting. I can be the Vin Diesel of this podcast and, and get us through this. <laughs> so let's just, I'm just going to go down the list first. So the, 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 the one to 16 is the, uh, the KD less warriors. Uh, the one where they actually won the title. Yes. Yeah. The, the, uh, baby Steph warriors versus too fast, too furious. Okay. Next round is the Dirk Championship Mavs versus Fast and Furious 4. Uh, f- the next one is the 03 Retro Spurs and Fast 5. Then we have the Cupcake Warriors versus the Fast and the Furious. That's the 17 Warriors. 01 Shaq Kobe Lakers, of course, versus Fast 8. Uh, then the the... Also, Shaq Heat, 06 Heat, uh, Tokyo Drift, right? And then the uh, the 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 uh, Ray Allen Bang Heat, 13, versus the Fast Six movie, and then the 09 Lakers in number seven. So, I'm going to tell you right now that. Yeah, what are your initial thoughts? Who do you, who do you think's coming out of this coming out of this tournament? Who do you think's host, hosting the trophy at the end of this thing? I think it's pretty fucking hard to beat the seventeen Warriors, kiddo. <laughs> it really depends on how this bracket falls. Uh, They're in a tough spot, though. Like, you know, you got Fast Five. They're kind of you know that's that's one of the definitely going to be one of the like kind of the blue chippers. Um. Then you never know. Like they might end up playing the fifteen Warriors, which is kind of like a fun thing to think about. Yeah, I mean, so I was watching some of the fifteen Warriors uh, reruns the other day, and did you watch the uh, De- Delhi Del almost dies game when they go up two one? Yeah, <laughs> I watched the Delvadova <laughs> plays himself into the hospital game. But man, Steph was so much uh, less muscular back then. Like, he could not oh, yeah. drive he past was, people. He was a jump shooter all the way. All the way. He was just such a jump shooter. Like, it's actually kind of... Like, I know, obviously, like, in 2020, we shit on the fact that Iggy won finals MVP. But, like, at the time... it's. I mean, it seems stupid at the time not to give to Steph. But it's not as stupid as I think we remember it being as stupid. Yeah, it... it... It felt a lot better uh, back then. I mean, Steph like couldn't he couldn't like get past people on a screen and roll like like he could the next year. Like if you look at him like that year versus the next year, like he probably put on like fifteen pounds of muscle, like just in his arms. Like you can just see it. Like not even when they do the close up shots, like just on the court. Uh, Plus, he's not hitting those like fuck you threes, right? Like he's—I mean, obviously he's making like a shit ton of threes. He set the NBA record that year and everything, but it wasn't like the I'm gonna pull up from like you know fucking forty feet back and just fucking nail you and you know murder Oklahoma City. Simultaneously, though, I felt like Draymond was a lot better back then. 
Oh, oh yeah, without a doubt. His athleticism was so much better back then of just being like the side to side movement is, is like the biggest thing. Like minus the nut kicking, like it was it was there. <laughs> uh so if I had to do this just on the NBA teams, I would say the top three would be like the 17 Warriors, the 01 Lakers, and the 13 Heat. I'd probably put those three at the top. Ah, that's that's pretty interesting. Um, I would mostly agree. I guess the only one I, 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 I would say would be the 03 Spurs maybe versus like the 2013 Miami Heat. That would be, yeah, I was going to say the Spurs maybe as well. But maybe I would give it to the Heat, just, you know, slight edge since you have the second greatest player of all time as opposed to, like, the ninth greatest player of all time. I don't know. Is the 12 Heat better than the 13 Heat? No, I think the 13 Heat is is the better team because they, I don't know, I think there's something where it's like, if you've already won the title... You just kind of have like a slightly better understanding of like how to pull games out of your ass. You know what I mean? Like we saw like Miami win in 2012, and then like the next year they went they go on a 27 game win streak. Yeah, it's and true. it's like I don't think it, I don't think it would be it would happen the year before. Like I don't think they would rip off 27 games the year before. I think it's like one of those same thing with like the Warriors, right? They won in 15, then they immediately win 24 like an O or 23-0 to come out of the 2015-16 season. I think it's like one of those things where it's like, once you kind of got the title, you got a little bit of like a you know, a thing to you. Okay, so then in terms of the movies though, I mean, what are, what is like the best three on this list that you could see going forward? Uh, Fast Five is is probably like your your Kentucky. It's kind of like, oh, we're going to pencil them in as like the one seed. We're kind of shocked if like they're not one of the better, mm-hmm. uh, you know, teams out in the draw. Um, Fast Six, also sneaky, really good. Um, they just, you know, they're kind of like the Villano- Villanova uh, kind of Fast and Furious movies. It's like, you know, they kind of, they had a good run over like three, four years where it's like the right coach, just the right players, and, and it just kind of gelled together for them. Um, and then you got to give it to the OG. I mean, the one that kicks it off where it introduces basically Vin Diesel to the rest of the wider world, right? I mean, you can have any beer you want as long as it's a Corona begins that movie. Yeah. What? So topical for this day and age. So I think how this ends up breaking down is probably the 15 warriors beat fast Two. Yeah, Too Fast, Too Furious is probably the second worst Fast and Furious movie, but it's got an awesome title name. Like, yeah, that exactly. is one of the best movie titles of the past twenty years. Easy. Hey, absolutely. But yeah, I think I, I just I mean, I, I just there's no fucking way that like Steph and Clay don't shred up those fucking dudes. So then eleven Mavs and Fast Four. Hey, mm. Kind of mediocre both ways. Yeah. I mean, Fast Four is kinda of like your Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire of Fast and Furious movies and the 11 Mavs might be the worst NBA team on this list of eight NBA teams. They kind of feel like the biggest fluke on this list. Not that, you know, Dirk's not good, but like, (laughs) 
Everyone knows well, LeBron had like a 10-point game in one of those games. Yeah. <laughs> like, they kind of were kind of fluky that year. I mean, they basically, if I remember, they beat the Lakers, I think, in the second round. And then they play the the Oklahoma City Thunder in the conference finals, I think. Or maybe it's the other way around. But, I mean, you would kind of take either the the Lakers or the Thunder in that particular year. <laughs> but then, yeah, somehow Dirk just kind of went on and did his, like... I mean, especially what Kawhi did to close out the decade. Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, so I'm going to give that one to Fast Four. Uh, so then we got the, the, the O3 Spurs and Fast Five. I feel like it's got to be O3 Spurs. Uh, you think so? I don't know. I don't, Fast Five is one of the most important movies of the past 10 years. It it revolutionizes the concept of franchise action series, right? Because up until Fast Five, these Fast and Furious movies were car racing movies that like a handful of people watched you know they were more like a then it became like a heist action film with like an international cast that brought in the rock like bringing the rock into the fast and furious franchise is like getting kevin durant on the warriors team yeah yeah that's a really good point so maybe it is fast five then i don't know yeah yeah let's, let's call it fast five I mean, that was three Spurs. I think the Spurs just move a little too slow. I think the Spurs just move too slow. I don't. I don't know if the eras compare. Okay, so then we got the seventeen Warriors and the OG Fast. Uh, I was gonna say to keep things interesting, let's say OG Fast wins, but I mean, geez, Louise, the seventeen Warriors. <laughs> I mean, juggernauts. I know this is like it's like having the Lakers Portland as like your first round series feels a little cheap it's like ah that should really be like a second round but it's just how the you know it's just how the bracket falls but i don't know i think the 17 warriors steamroll like i think it's one of those things where it's like each game might be close if they played a seven game series but it's like it's like one of those sweeps where it's you remember when uh cleveland and washington used to play each other in like the mid 2000s yeah yeah and it'd be like a five game series but it'd be like the closest five game series ever Feels a lot like that. So that's a little bit of a bloodbath. And then we got the 01 Lakers and the Fast 8. Uh, I think Shaq murders this entire fucking Yeah, I don't, I don't see how you this stop is, Prime Shaq. It is the absolute worst Fast and Furious movie versus peak Shaq. And probably, like, the best Kobe up until 07, 08 Kobe. I mean, the team itself is also pretty deep. I mean, let's be honest. It's not Rick like Fox, they only have yeah. two stars. And they have a good coaching, too. Like, I mean, and Ty Lue. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, 01 Lakers, and then we got 06 Heat and Tokyo Drift. I think this is the funniest matchup. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> 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 It just sounds unbelievably fucking idiotic. It's Tokyo Drift, right? I'll leave it to you, dude. Tokyo Drift has one of, has an awesome like theme music to it. I know our our, our good buddy Thomas will uh, back me up on that. But the 06 Miami Heat is like one of the best like examples of hero ball ever, right? Just like Dwayne Wade in that final series where they're down 0-2. 
and they rip off four straight wins, and he just like literally carries this team on his back with like you know slightly past his prime shack. And a bunch of other ragtag stars that join in along the ride. You got uh, your Gary Payton and your Jason Williams. Like it was just such a weird, like such a weird collection of team when you think about it. It's like everybody's like basically past their prime except for Wade and Jonas yeah. <laughs> Haslam. <laughs> and that's only Wade's third year in the NBA. I mean, the dude's like. 24. Oh, I thought he was going to be amazing, and then. 2000 i want to say like 2008 or 2009 was like i was like holy shit this guy is gonna be like maybe as good as lebron and then like his knees just never recovered i think we say uh i think it's the 06 heat maybe yeah i'm feeling sentimental let's give it to the heat yeah okay so we got 13 heat and fast six uh i mean 13 is pretty fucking unstoppable this though is a fucking seven game series, but it's like Fast Six is like as good as you can get as a Fast and Furious movie, except for Fast Five. So this is like, it's like fuck. Like if you're Fast Six, this is like the equivalent of like, uh, I don't know. It's like meeting. It's basically like what happens to Portland every year. They just meet the Warriors or like an Anthony Davis in his prime. Like they just they just can't. Can't fucking get it going, but I mean that 2013 Miami team is is pretty amazing. I mean, is that prime LeBron? Is 2013 prime LeBron? Yeah, I think I think prime LeBron is like 2012 to 2014. I think is like his best like three year stretch, and and this was like a big part of it, right? I mean, the 27 game win streak, the back to back titles, the coming from behind to beat the Spurs. I mean, he actually played defense back then. Plus, he was just so fucking huge. I mean, Roy he might out, be as big but... as The Rock in this movie. I think he's bigger. Like, I think he might actually be bigger. Goddamn. I mean, like, if you, if you, you know, snapshots. That's true. He probably actually might. <laughs> That's fucking incredible. Plus, he's wearing a headband. Like, his hairline's I... gone. I mean, he wore, he had, that was the face mask year, the black face mask year, right? Yeah. And I mean, apart from, maybe the 2016 NBA finals. This was the best finals in the past 10 years. I would oh, say I mean, it's got one of the, it's got, I think the most memorable shot besides, you know, blocked by James, you know, like, yeah, I mean, that's it. Right. It's like, like it's only competitor this entire decade was the 2016 finals. I mean, I think it's, it's game winning shot thing by Ray Allen is even better than the Kawhi four bounce. Hmm. Yeah, I, yeah mm, that's kind of a tough one. That's ooh. But but Fast Six has a tank. LeBron is a tank physically though. <laughs> like <laughs> he's so big back then. <laughs> like people were worried about Zion, but you should have been worried about thirteen and LeBron. Alright, it sounds like the three seed uh reigns supreme. Yeah, okay, so oh nine Lakers and Furious Seven. I mean, is can anyone on Furious Seven backpack that team as much as Kobe can? One team has Paul Walker in his last movie. The other one has Adam Morrison. You tell me. Paul Walker wins, right? <sighs> All right. So the Lakers, I think they win in '09 and '10, and I think it was in '08 that they lose to the Celtics. There's a case to be made that this is actually the worst Lakers team in that three-year stretch. 
I'm not. I'm trying to remember. That, so 08 that was like they. I think. I think they. I think 08 was when they played the big three Celtics. And then I think 09. This was going to be the year that it was going to be the LeBron but Kobe finals, right? Dwight but Howard, then the Magic, right? yeah, yeah. But then the Magic ended up doing it. Um, and then 2010 was basically the rematch with the Celtics, but this time the Lakers win. Yeah, I mean, it kind of almost seems like a, a gimme. Like, I don't think people thought Orlando was genuinely going to win. At the same time, like... Dwight was really was fucking good. Yeah, but Fast and Furious 7 basically got a free pass because Paul Walker died. Yikes. That puts him in, like, two, like, kind of the same spot. I, don't know. Uh, I feel kind of sentimental for Paul Walker. We, we got one Kobe legacy in here. We don't need two. Oh, shit, they both died. Oh, my God, that just hit me. <laughs> oh, right. my God. So we'll give it to Paul Walker. We got we got the Kobe sympathy vote on the 01 Lakers, too. All right. So then so then we've we've eliminated about half of these teams. I mean, what do you think the the genuine, you know, final matchup is? All right, well, let's just breeze through, I guess, the next the next round of matchups. All right, so we got the 15 Warriors, Fast and Furious 4. Gut, gut punch, where are you feeling? Mm, Furious 4? Okay. Furious 4 upsets the number one seed, the 2015 <laughs> Golden State Warriors. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, Fast 5 versus the 17 Warriors. Oh, 17 Warriors. Easy. Okay. Yeah. The uh, 01 Lakers versus the 06 Heat. It's got to be the 01 Lakers, right? Like, there's no way. I mean, I think 01 Shaq would be 06 Shaq, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, the 2013 Heat versus Paul Walker's whatever. grave. Paul Walker's ghost, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. How did they beat a ghost? <laughs> I think it's. Uh, I'll leave that one to you. I really like that 2013 Miami team. And the thing is, it's like they did back to back titles, whereas a Fast and Furious movie has never been released in consecutive years. So I'm going to give it to Miami. All right. That's cool. All right. So our final four include Fast and Furious 4, sneaky kind of somehow, but then again, they were probably in the weakest part of the bracket except for the one seed. Um, the 2017 Warriors, the juggernaut in plain sight, the 2001 Lakers, another top heavy team, and the 2013 Miami Heat. So we are three NBA teams and one Fast and Furious movie away from March Madness. All right. So let me, let me give it to you straight. The real matchup here is the 01 Lakers versus the 13 Heat. That seems like a fucking dope matchup. Kobe LeBron, it's right there. Yeah, and we know LeBron would just destroy that version of Kobe, right? Oh, yeah, but then you got fucking Shaq against Chris Bosh. Yeah, but how does like how good is Shaq when Chris Bosh is like taking 20 footers the whole game? Yeah, but like who are they going to put on Shaq? Like Shaq is just going to fucking I mean, Birdman. Birdman. <laughs> Udonis Haslam. Yeah, I mean, they don't have an answer for Shaq, and the other team doesn't have an answer for LeBron, right? You know, underrated might be the Ray Allen versus Derek Fisher versus Rick Fox versus 
Robert Ori versus like um was Mike Miller on that team? Yeah. Like that's a lot of weirdly good like role player three point shooting. Mario Chalmers versus Derek Fisher. Norris Cole versus Ty Lu. Oh man. Spolstra and Pat Riley versus Phil Jackson. Yeah, I would pay per view that so hard. Like if we could just Fuck, this is like God, I I mean, you know how I feel about Shaq. I would be tempted to say the O one Lakers win that. I mean they're both going off. They're both going for their second title in two years. They both have MVPs, like in their prime, like 01 Shaq and uh, 2013 LeBron. You got basically the best possible version of a sidekick you can have in basketball in 01 Kobe and 2013 Wade. You got an abundance of role players. You got great coaching. You got two fun cities, like fan bases wise, you know, Miami and, and LA. So it's like in June, that's a fun trip either way. I, I genuinely don't know. I'm going to leave this one to you. You are our resident uh, basketball engineer. It's, it's got to be the Lakers. I mean, how do you stop Shaq? Like, I, I'm I'm thinking, like, you know, this was the year that, like, the Heat kind of, like, pioneered this whole blitzing the pick and roll thing, which is great, but that's not what the Lakers did at all. <laughs> Like the old one Lakers were in triangle. <laughs> triangle. <laughs> so it would just be a bunch of like pretty much modern day what goes on when like Embiid gets in the post or like Anthony Davis gets in a post against some of these smaller teams. It'd just be like a whole lot of fronting and then like the sort of safety being there in the paint. And I mean, Shaq being who he is, he's going to get someone to foul out on him every game. And, then, and if Roy uh, Hibbert almost got away with beating this Miami team, you got to expect Shaq, who's like a million times the player of Roy Hibbert, would do that team. Yeah, let alone like Shaq on defense. Like even LeBron driving in the paint, like Shaq would go up and block that shit, right? Like that would be that'd be an immovable object and an unstoppable force. Like... I would pay to see that. Seems like you're leaning towards the 2001 Lakers to make the uh, championship yeah, game. Yeah, so it's it's Owen Lakers versus... It's going to be the 2017 Warriors. All right, so this is the classic. This is like the most classic example of like... It's like the two best teams of the past 20 the 21st century. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Uh, two different eras, MVPs all around. So what this comes down to is... California rivalry... Is Shaq dominant enough to make up for the difference between threes and twos? And you're talking, you know, uh, JaVale McGee guarding Shaq in the playoffs. Seems like <laughs> seems like it doesn't work. <laughs> oh, my. Oh. Uh- The other thing is, what does Kobe do with regards to the psyche of Harrison Barnes? Uh, there's no Harrison Barnes on this team. He's got He's Kevin Durant of... to deal with. 
Oh, the 2017. My bad, my bad. I was totally thinking of the 2015 for some reason. Oh, man. No, Kobe's fucking shredding Kevin Durant's, like, head. Are you kidding me? The fucking... The dude who has, like... The dude who is Black Mamba versus the dude who is a snake. <laughs> but I think you even have a good defender in Clay Thompson like, to go on Kobe. I don't know. I just feel like between Shaq's power inside and Kobe doing all of his mind game shit on on KD, like KD might be like like he might be like this might be the great one of the greatest teams we've ever seen, the 2017 Warriors. But he might have like a 2011 LeBron moment where he just cracks. At the See, end of these games, I was thinking Kobe would have like a 2011 Westbrook moment where he would just shoot their team out of the game. Oh, you think that's true too, right? They could be down by like 12 with like eight minutes to go. And Maybe Kobe's like, like, fuck it, I gotta win this game. They're gonna keep making threes. Yeah, or Kobe like basically unintentionally self sabotage his own team. Yeah, like does he just jack shots or does he take more FGAs than uh, Shaq does? Because it almost seems weird that like Shaq on defense against the Warriors like almost seems like a non-factor because they aren't even driving in the paint anyways. And like if he switches out, like I don't think he would be good on the perimeter. No, they they would be doing so much switching to make sure it's like Steph or Clay on Shaq. They would honestly, they'd probably play zone because they would they would just know Shaq to. gets fucked if he's on the perimeter. They have to, yeah. Oh, dude, the Draymond like trash talking against Kobe is going to be amazing. Yeah, but we know like Draymond's going to get like a flagrant against Shaq just trying to hold him back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's like a hundred pound difference. So I think this really comes down to is do you believe in a jump shooting team winning the title? Do you believe in yeah, but that not only that, but like Shaq getting enough and ones and like fouling people out that like the Warriors just run out of players and <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's it's such a weird thing to think about because basically you have a duo on one side in Shaq and Kobe, and then you have Clay Thompson, who's probably at you know twenty seventeen. Clay is probably giving you ninety percent of what O one Kobe is giving you, and then it's like you got Steph and KD basically being you know they're some of the greatest players of all time versus Shaq, and it's like I know they don't playing like a you know like a like a like a one v one type of situation but you would kind of bet that Kevin Durant and Steph would manage to figure out how to beat like overcome Shaq's power. Plus underrated Steve Kerr is the coach. He was on those Spurs teams that did have that did beat Shaq in like O three and stuff. Yeah, but then you have Phil that's like, mm, you know, if there's a team that knows, like, give the ball to Shaq in the post and let him just win the game himself, just like he did with Michael, I mean. Yeah, but Shaq at the foul line. Right? How Are we not going to, maybe the thing is that they just 
hack a shack the entire fucking thing. They're gonna run out of players though. Boy. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I would genuinely want to see this through like a sim. Like a seven game sim. <laughs> I have no idea how to call this. I don't know. I I I had my fun by putting Tokyo Drift into this bracket, but <laughs> the 01 Lakers versus the 2017 Warriors. Wow. And that I'm is... not even sure I'm not even sure Bill Simmons could figure out how to how to how to game plan on either side and come out with a winner. I've heard this question a couple times from other like other um you know, news people or whatever, sports people. And they kind of all lean towards I would say it's probably 70-30 that Shaq is too dominant. There's no one that could defend him on the Warriors and he would just win the game himself. So I guess the big thing are what rules are enforced? Hand checking or not? Because that's kind of the big thing, right? Yeah, the era differences. Yeah. Well, I think well hand checking specifically, right? Because I think hand checking became like a like the rules basically, barring it, I think happened in 05 ish kind of area. So that's kind of the big thing, right? Because like if if you can just fucking take out Steph Curry every time he tries to drive into the paint. But why would he drive into the paint? Why would you want to drive into Shaq? <laughs> Like you just play five out. It seems weird, though, to not even try to attack the paint, because then you're basically just... A jump-shooting team that won the NBA Finals. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they always had an inside game, right? You had Bogut the first couple of years. Yeah, but their inside game was trapping, like when they would trap Curry on a pick-and-roll, and then he'd have to dish it to... A either the roll man or whoever was open off the roll man. I don't know. They played a lot of inside game with David Lee and Bogut. It wasn't until they got Kevin Durant that they really became, you know, their kind of stereotypical self where they're like a very jump shooting heavy. Um, I think that's the big thing though, is just like the type of defense that comes out of the same. Because if it's like, you know, a bully ball type situation, yeah, Shaq's going to win that. But if it's more of a free flowing pace and space game, I mean, you would think Kevin Durant would basically emerge as the guy on this floor of, you know, basically the greatest collection of NBA talent. And that is what we'll leave up to you, the viewers, to decide in the comments section below. Let us know who you think would win, the 01 Lakers or the 17 Warriors. That'll do it for this fantastic March 31st edition of the Hard in the Paint podcast. Leave a subscription, a like, a follow, a share. Let us know what you liked, what you didn't like. Send us an email with any of your questions, comments, and concerns. And stay tuned for next week when we return to the wonderful world of basketball.